greetings, groovers. Seekers of sophistication, lovers of literature, tis I, Nicholas of Hennigan, coming at you once again from the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. And I've got a man who is more than a man. The legend that is Paul Levy. Hi, Paul. Hello. Um, just, um, just introduce yourself and, and your incredible publication that seems to have been around forever and does some incredible things in terms of reviewing shows and supporting the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Well, I, I guess only in the Edinburgh Fringe can it happen that you've got hobbies uh, operating as fairly professional standard uh, review outfits. That's what we would hope we are. And so Fringe Review is a practitioner-based, volunteer-based uh, online publication. It was always meant to be online where instead of, a, I guess, a journalistic um, style of writing, uh, we attempt to assess work, and it's written as a review. So it has a double audience of the punters uh, that are looking for things to see, um, and actually our reviews are, of course, read by the industry and the, the practitioners too, and so our reviews can be feedback for the performers, whether, you know, whether they take that or not. Um, we certainly have feedback that they often do. So we'll have reviewers who review dance that are dance practitioners We'll have theatre directors reviewing theatre with fairly strict conflict of interest and ethics around that. But it was just felt, and I felt, that there was a missing voice. Uh, there was a paper-based voice in things like Total Theatre magazine, and, and to, uh, in those days particularly the stage. But online there seemed to be a lot of journalism, um, and there didn't seem to be a lot of practitioner peer group feedback. And that's what Fringe Review is. I suppose yes. I mean, he said on BohemianBritain.com, it's it's relatively relatively straightforward uh, to to set these things up now. But you're also you're very strict and prescriptive. Perhaps is not the right word about how your reviews are are written and how your reviewers work. The idea is that all the reviewers do have their own voice, but there is probably a set of standards that determine whether you want to and whether you can review for us. So we talk about the importance of objectivity and the number of people that have told me in my life it's impossible to be objective we're clearly subjective beings is that's not what we mean by objectivity for us objectivity is the attempt at objectivity so that in the process of reviewing uh, you try to look at yourself as an object because we can observe ourselves see your own biases look past those and try and see the work and report that and so in a typical fringe review review it's a bit like an essay maybe but hopefully not as boring as some essays so people write with their own flair and their own voice and some write with a lot of humor um, but essentially what is the show and then assess it as a bit of work how well is it directed how well is it written did the the original intention get delivered upon is it is it original you sort of have to justify with evidence but not spoilers that assessment and it's an attempt to see past well i don't like this sort of stuff personally but I can see that this is great work in a similar way you could review in the restaurant business of saying, you know, fish isn't my thing, but this is beautifully cooked, kind of simplistically put. So our reviewers are encouraged to see past their own subjective state at the time and look at what's there. And then in their review, and not all of our reviewers choose to do it, Nick, is to uh, somebody might say, well, I came out crying or actually, well, that night I didn't find I was laughing very much, but I can see the audience were and for these reasons and then finally arrive at a rating that is not as you know for us star based but tries to be their banners it tries to be a little bit more eloquent than the primitive nature of stars and we're not even halfway through the fringe i've just walked along where the assembly is and i think just about every poster's got five stars from somebody and how that helps people choose what shows to see i have no idea 
It is very interesting, isn't it? Because the first show I brought up here, I brought, I was brought up here in 1992, called Henry V Lion of England, and there were no stars at all anywhere. In, I mean, that's, so we used to joke about, no, oh, another tour de force, theatrical tour de force. Nothing. But it, it kind of forced you to read the to re read the review, didn't it, rather than just look at the numbers. But also, I think corporations now behave like governing organisations that patronise the masses as being stupid. Uh, and actually people do read reviews and they do read banners on reviews and they, they, they do read the sentence that says what was good about the show. They're not so dumb that they can only look at stars. There's a separate truth around attention span that we must be responsible for the idea that not everyone can read every review. We get screen tired, but I think the stars have gone... Um, yeah, they've filled the night sky so much that you can't actually see the spaces in between them and it just all looks too glaring and bright. <laughs> yes, nice analogy. So how, how have you found coming back to the festival after the break, as it were, the Covid break? I was teaching on a course down in London and we happened to be up in the Shard uh, on the day when it was 40 degrees and I can just remember walking around near Borough Market. Uh, it was the London I recognise, I'm glad that we're out of Covid, but the 40 degree heat was like um, a fan heater on full, constantly, wherever I went. And it felt like suddenly this, I was walking in one of the science fiction books I'd read. This wasn't this was London, but this wasn't what London was supposed to be. And I was I think I was hoping that three years in COVID was going to lead to a reimagination of the fringe. We'd already been saying about its sustainability, that it was a relentless way for a lot of people to lose money, that there was too much paper being you know, churned off printers. And we seem to be back and literally down to the last overfull bin. Everything looks so like everything else. It's like one of those science fiction stories again. It's like I was told the, the, the earth changed and I find myself back on the earth, but it doesn't quite feel like it is. And it feels to me like this isn't how we were supposed to come out of this. So much back to a reversion to what was already being called unsustainable in the first place. So I'm walking around in a slight twilight place myself, conflicted on a selfish level I think maybe you, you'd agree it's, it's good to be back it's great to be back it's a relief to be back but some part of me is dissatisfied with the fringe and myself uh, that we're not forward instead of just back and how, do you, how would you see that forward movement happening? well the questions that were going to be asked uh, and, and it was almost like one of those puzzles that you think oh I can't solve it one of those metal puzzles and maybe there is a solution that you'll finally get is can this fringe be open access with um, unlimited growth um, because the unlimited growth is unaffordable accommodation the city is overloading it's not sustainable there's no re not enough recycling all sorts of stuff going on and of course the, the artists suffering unless you're one of the six-foot posters where you just happen to be touring through Edinburgh in August which makes it unfair competition. So thinking about all of those things, is, is there a solution to that without some form of governance? And I, my answer is, we were just starting to talk about it before lockdown. It needed to be a deep discovery into a vicious problem. And that conversation didn't really happen in lockdown. There was rhetoric from the fringe. Oh yeah, we're not, we're not gonna come back the same. But so my sort of avoiding answer is, it's a difficult one, we don't have the answer and we haven't really had the conversation and we need some humble inquiry for the next year or two. But the way it's back at the moment is I'm walking around and the artists, whatever the headline statistics are, are saying we are doing financially very badly.
Yeah, I mean, certainly I had personal experience of, as you say, accommodation, you know, sort of ten and a half grand for a three-bed flat was the quote that I had. It was, uh, was fairly unsustainable. I mean, I'm fortunate now because I'm old and, and I happen to have a production that's fairly well-funded. I'm not sure I could have... You'd found a retirement home place temporarily. <laughs> I'm looking for that. I'm not quite sure what retirement is. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you, you, you can't help but feel for the, I keep saying, younger artists. It's not so much younger, newer artists who are perhaps discovering Edinburgh for the first time. And I suppose the old question is, why come to Edinburgh? <laughs> well, and that's been, when, when I interview and talk to people, there is an addictive quality to it. There is a myth that I thought might have been busted, that the only way you can get reviews, the only way you can get toured, the only way you can get spotted is to come here. I've met enough people that have not come here to know that it's perfectly possible to do that. Um, so the answer to why come here is don't come here. Um, ultimately this is a business model that's grown so out of control and I wrote about this a few years ago and it was a bit of a offensive thing I realized that perhaps I said inadvertently but if cancerous growth is chaotic growth that defeats our attempts to even manage it there is a kind of chaotic growth that goes on here with a neutral platform where neutral starts to mean indifference and when humanity is indifferent and the only model is the winners win um, it starts to go a little bit like hell on earth for a lot of people and so we have to stop that we have to uh, actually ask the question why do we come here so then I need to look in the mirror why do I come here and um, it, this is a genuine answer p because people are here bringing work and uh, for everybody that gives them a review of one star where the person hasn't even looked at it properly we will try and bring a practitioner who knows what they're talking about to make an attempt to celebrate good work and find it and write in detail about it so there's a bit of a mission for us uh, and luckily for me i enjoy it up here yeah, yeah it is it is fairly spectacular i mean i've had nothing but good reviews i have to say of, of your organization which always helps highly recommended last time and and what's because you're doing edinburgh does, but you exist outside of edinburgh don't you as a publication so it, it goes wherever it is the principle of it which is very based on self-organization is we've covered adelaide fringe because some reviewers out there some actually i met in edinburgh uh, we onboarded them and so they started reviewing out there and we had an Edinburgh review. We've done New York, we've done um, a lot, Brighton Fringe is our home, but it, it rises up and happens where there's the energy for it to happen. So we're not sitting there with any master plan and strategy with numbers. It's very emergent and I quite like it that way. And presumably, I mean, it, it, you are a child of the new technology. I am and, and actually the thing I'd mention there is a lot of people here have day jobs and my background's been an academic very proud to work for, for years for Brighton University and also for the University of Warwick um, and you know what did I learn there as a research assistant it was about being evidence-based and being precise um, and that you had a duty to do that because we wouldn't have Covid medicines without that precision you know um, and so the technology and all of that is about um, bringing the content in the place where it's most likely to be read in the most accurate way possible and um, we can't print paper willy-nilly anymore so it's the web if you visit fringe review i get i get comments about when you're going to update your website it's deliberately designed to look like paper there's a lot of white space there's not loads of stuff flashing around it and now we have a challenge nick that i can't quite resolve which is part of being on screens in lockdown is even with that website 
um, you know, we're trying a bit more audio so people can listen because we can't stare at screens all the time and read stuff. This technology has not evolved. So you're a theatre maker. You know, when you read your review, um, you know, would you rather have it on paper? Probably your answer would still be yes. If it can't be on paper, it's not a video review. I'm starting to think radio. Radio went up during lockdown. So we're looking to mix and use the technology, as you're doing right now, to, to mix the reading um, and the listening uh, as a form of content and not video. Yeah, no, I mean, that's quite. I've, I've actually worked on an idea that's going to be an interactive radio show play drama thing, which I won't bore you with now. But yeah, no, I can see that completely. And, and if anyone wants to know any more or if they want to get involved with Fringe Review, what, what should they do? Or reviewers you're looking for as well, presumably. It's because Fringe Review is like an ongoing invitation. If you go to the website, you'll find the reviews, but you'll find the classic thing apply to be a volunteer reviewer for us and then you're going to find out what the ethics are what the process is a reviewer is going to send a cv a sample of their writing and we're going to try between us to see if there's an alignment between our beliefs and values and the people reviewing for us so we haven't got to line manage them into doing that and for people that want to be reviewed very similarly there's a link apply to be reviewed and really this is true even if it sounds a bit bullshitty it's we can't review everything we don't have the people but it's our privilege, and that's the starting point, to see your work. We're not coming from a place of haughty, higher up, we'll do you a favour, apply to us. We're not the king on the throne, the queen on the throne. We're the people in service to you. That's a great way to finish. <laughs> Paul Levy, thank you very much. Oh, what's your website address? It's fringereview.co.uk.com. Actually, we even bought fringereview.reviews, I think. <laughs> You've got to be everywhere, man. That's brilliant. Thanks, Paul. Uh, pint? Sorry, a pint. Like you think? Pint of lard? Oh, no. Well, I'll switch off now. We'll talk about this. Oh, so are we done now? What was that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're done now. We've got the bar. Oh, I see. Okay. Now I've got to go to the wife in a minute.